Hey, next on the Teen Nation, thanks for tuning in and listening to this segment of the show featuring LPGA legend Jane Blaylock. And thank you very much for voting the show up to number two this month in the Podcast Magazine Hot 50 list for the June edition. Please keep voting. You can do so daily by going online to podcastmagazine.com forward slash hot 50. I really appreciate all of your support. Enjoy this segment of the show. Okay, now back and next on the tee with me is LPGA Hall of Famer Jane Blaylock. Let me remind you about Jane's background. She's from Portsmouth, New Hampshire. She played her college golf at Rollins College down in Winter Park, Florida, just outside of Orlando, where she graduated with her degree in history. She was inducted into their Hall of Fame in 1977. She won the New Hampshire Amateur Championship three times from 1965 to 1968. She won the Florida Intercollegiate Championship in 1966 and the New England Amateur Championship in 1968. She turned pro in 69 and was named the LPGA Rookie of the Year. She got her first win on tour here in Atlanta at the 1970 Lady Carling event. She was named the Most Improved Golfer on Tour in 1970 and 71. Jane won the inaugural Dinah Shore Colgate Winter Circle Tournament, which was the richest prize ever on the LPGA Tour at the time. She would go on to win the Colgate Triple Crown in 1975 and 77. She teamed with Raymond Floyd to win the Mixed Championship in 1978. She holds a professional golf record for consecutive cuts made at 299. In 1983, she became only the seventh player in LPGA Tour history to reach a million dollars in career earnings. She was named the 1985 Comeback Player of the Year, coming back from a herniated disc in her back. In all, Jane won 27 times on the LPGA Tour and four more times over on the Japanese Tour. She was inducted into the Legends Hall of Fame in 2014, into the New Hampshire Golf Hall of Fame in 2018, and I'm very honored she is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Jane, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, Chris. Wow, I'm exhausted thinking about my career. (laughs) (laughs) I was busy. (laughs) Yes, you were, and really good at it, too, by the way. (laughs) I guess so. Jane, it's been a little bit since we got to have you as part of the show. Catch us up. What's been going on with you so far this year? Well, um, just working on my golf game. I'm playing in a couple of our Legends tournaments this year, our Orlando Lakes in Minneapolis in mid-August. And our BJ's, uh, the team championship. My partner is Patricia Manulabu. And it's, uh, that's at the Ridge Club in Sandwich, you know, in Cape Cod. It's a great event, fabulous field. And then, uh, we're working diligently on our women's PGA golf clinics. Uh, we picked up AIG as a presenting sponsor this year. So, uh, we've been doing that for many years, but this is our best year ever. So we're doing these one day events, uh, really introducing women to the game of golf, and kind of elevating their networking experience, um, you know, all over the country. So, uh, yeah, I guess I, I guess I remain busy. So for the ladies out there that want to get involved in the clinic, how can they get more information about it? Well, we have a website. It's womenspgaclinics.com. It has our schedule. It has the price. It has the agenda. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful. We've been doing it for a while. We bring in the finest LPGA and PGA women coaches. Uh, we're at great clubs all around the country, and it's just uh, it's just definitely an elevated women's networking experience. 
and join the Legends of the PGA LPGA Tour. You guys get rolling next week up at Pinehurst. Talk about the Legends Tour Challenge that is sponsored by our friends over at Golf Pride. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, Kathy Johnston Forbes uh, really uh, pulled that event together. It's a two-day event, one-day pro-am, one-day competition, Country Club of North Carolina, which is uh, which is fabulous. So it's on Monday, Tuesday. Um, a really great field, 24 players. You know, some of those players playing are, uh, well, Kathy Laura Diaz, who won our BJs last year, Donna Andrews, who's a North Carolina product, Rosie Jones, Michelle Redman, uh, Hollis Stacy. So we've got, uh, you know, a few Hall of Famers in there. So that's going to be, um, a wonderful event. And it's, uh, you know, the Pro-Am is called Elevating the Dream, uh, Pro-Am. And it's really to kind of pay tribute to those, uh, hospital workers who put so much on the line during our, well, not that it's over, but as part of our whole COVID issue that we've been uh, enduring for, for years. So, uh, and it ties in with National um, Survivors Day, Cancer Survivors Day, which is June 5th. So it's a, it, it's a great event. And Jane, as we look a little bit later on this summer, the mid-July, the Senior LPGA Championship is going to be held at Selena Country Club up in Salina, Kansas. The course there dates back to 1911, a rich history in the women's game. Talk about the tournament and the decision to play there. Well, you know, for years, that well, we used to have the Ledge Championship at French Lick, and the folks at French Lick were so good to us, and they had the senior LPGA there for a couple of years, and um, I guess sometimes, they, you know, events run their course, and they decided that it was time to go in a different direction. And so, uh, the LPGA selected, um, you know, Kansas as a site. And it's important that, um, you know, look what the PGA has done for the PGA seniors. It really is, um, it, it's about time the LPGA stepped up and we want them not just to continue this event to really elevate the LPGA senior championship because where would they be without the drill inksters and Nancy Lopez's and, you know, uh, all those Laura Davies, all those great players. So uh, we hope this event will, um, there's a question mark around it, that it will continue if it's in Kansas or another market. But uh, it's su- such an important part of golf to have the uh, LPGA senior continue. Jane, talking about the women's game and major championships, back in the mid-70s, you lobbied for a women's masters tournament. And with the... Uh, <laughs> Augusta National Women's Amateur event that they host there now. Maybe Augusta National isn't the site for a Women's Masters, but talk about wanting that tournament, and is that something now that as we see more money starting to be poured into the LPGA, is that something that we could see? Well, you never know, but, you know, ironically, and there's quite a history to that because I think it was Northwestern Mutual sponsored. It was called the Women Masters at uh, Moss Creek. Uh, country club in Hilton Head. And then uh, the Masters, have, I actually <laughs> went with the, for the LPGA testifying court <coughs> against Cliff Roberts. And you can imagine what that was like because the Masters uh, <coughs> was upset that the LPGA was using that name. Um, so I think that we've come a long way since that time. I mean, they host the women's amateur but I think to have a win, <clears throat> women masters would be absolutely sensational. And obviously, I think I've spent my life lobbying, as you know. Um, we finally got the U.S. Women's Senior Open. Only took 20 years, but 
You know, you <laughs> perseverance, you hang in there, and you just do the best you can. So I got to ask you, why why was Cliff Roberts upset with the use of, of the name the Masters? I mean, we see, you know, every country, there's there's a Masters all over the place, European tour, that sort of thing. What upset him about that? Because he was Cliff Roberts. <laughs> and, and, and it was Augusta. So I need I say any more. Uh, I will never forget. A per- and, and the court, when I testified on behalf of the LPGA, it was in Augusta. So, oh my! Um, I think I think the uh, you know the um, the cards were definitely stacked against us, but um, we lost that. But it was uh, it was such a great event we had at Moss Creek, and uh, so there is precedent to that. And it would be great to uh, to have it to to kind of re uh, you know have a rebirth of that event. Yeah, it would. Is there is there any discussion? Is that anything you know, whispers in the wind? Could we see something like that in the next couple of years, or is no no one talking about it? Well, I really haven't heard much about it um, with as far as the LPG is concerned. So uh, I I would just be guessing, and I don't like to do that. Understand, Jane. I want to go back to the early part of your career <laughs> after you graduated from Rollins College. You got your history degree. You spend a year as a teacher. And I read that you borrowed money to go back from New Hampshire down to Florida to work with Bob Toski. Talk about uh, what got you to give golf a uh, a full go. <laughs> well, it's one you know one of the great memories of my life. Um, I was teaching school, but I was making you know like fourteen dollars a day, and I worked as a waitress at night to enhance my income. And it was actually uh, my mother who pulled me aside and. Uh, you know, she said, you know, you've got some talent, you won some things locally, but you don't want to ever go through life without um, saying what if. <clears throat> and so I tried to eliminate the what if. And she said, so I just, um, I want Bob Lewis, who was actually, uh, we lost him. He passed away a couple of years ago. He was, um, you know, won the national amateur. He was a uh, Walker Cup captain close friend of mine at Rollins College, and he encouraged me to go to Bob Tusky, but I really couldn't afford it. So uh, uh, my mother gave me a couple hundred dollars to, to get in a car and go to Florida, which you could. Gas prices were a little different at that time. And uh, met Bob Tusky, and uh, I remember paying $15 for a lesson. He said, you need more, and I said, I can't afford it. And then all of a sudden, I had a job. I uh, had to go back to New Hampshire. And uh, I quit my teaching job, you know, with notice, of course. And then um, I was Ocean Reef Club in North Key Largo, which at that time, it was a very low-key um, facility. Now it's like this. It's just a fabulous place with three or four golf courses and, you know, accommodations galore. And um, it was through Bob that um, he spent time with me. I did some exhibitions with him, uh, some clinics with him. And uh, he... He attracted a lot of the top, both PGA and LPGA professionals. And uh, that's how I honed my game, and that's how I learned my skills. And, Jane, going back to the 70s and 80s, you ladies were traveling around together from city to city. I believe you had to pull each other along, help each other out, because prize money certainly wasn't a lot back in those days. And then who had kids and other things going on. Talk about what it was like, not on the course, but away from the course on the LPGA Tour as you guys were building up the brand and the tour back in the 70s and 80s. 
Well, I think when I think back, I just laugh. You know, I, I've never been one to think, oh gosh, we, you know, look at the money they have now, which is fabulous. And like, no one could be more excited than I am. But we had so much fun. You know, we caravan together. We drive and we, you know, we'd have a cooler of beer on the other side of the car because then you could. <laughs> <laughs> Life was a little easier then. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, nighttime we played trivial, trivial pursuit. Um, we played softball games. I mean, we, we just had outside of the game of golf. Um, we, we had a lot of fun. There was a concert in town. We would go. We were in a city that had a, hosted a ballpark. We would go to those games. And we just had uh, a lot of activities outside of the game, but uh, kind of the caravanning following from, you know, you could have seven or eight cars trying to keep up with each other. And uh, it was just the I, I can, camaraderie is the only word that I can really think of. So we had a lot of fun. And at that time, um, we didn't think it was small money because it's all relative to us. It was big money, but the friendships um, uh, live on. And I think, uh, and when we chat, I forget about, oh, tournaments I won or, you know, how I played. I think about the experiences and cherish those, you know, those thoughts. Yeah. To that end, when you get back together on the, on the Legends Tour and you, and you see your old peers again, what's it like, you know, conversations and things like that when you're sitting around the table, talk about over a beer, that sort of thing. What are some of the things that you guys laugh and enjoy, you know, recounting for what you guys did back in the day? Well, we do we do tell those stories. We rehash them, and they probably get better and better, like the old fish stories. <laughs> but I think the key is that we all sit together and talk. And uh, you know, now the current LPJ, I mean, the money is fabulous. But the events I have attended, it's the players sit with their parents with their coaches, with their sports psychologists, with their, you know, PT people. It's um so it's an entourage and they're kind of losing that sense of community. And uh, you know, we make fun of each other and we laugh, you know, the <laughs> the golf swings maybe aren't quite as pure, the swings a little bit shorter, um the legs aren't quite as attractive. Um but the <laughs> mannerisms don't change. And oh we mean we, we we just we, we laugh hilariously at um, at ourselves and uh, really enjoy playing with each other, you know, having, you know, a little action when we play. And um, <laughs> so it was just, uh, believe me, we the, the stories are, are, are just are so much fun. To that end, do you think you guys actually enjoyed each other and the game back then more than what the ladies feel like uh, playing out on the LPGA Tour mm-hmm. now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a different, you know, it's such a big business now. I mean, to us, it was business then. You mentioned winning the first Diner Shore. You know, that was a $100,000 purse. That was five times larger than any other. So that was huge. Um, but we still spoke with each other. We helped each other on the range. We didn't have all of our coaches traveling. We went and we didn't travel net jets, you know, so we did the caravans. And so, you know, we would... We would help each other with their putting, with their chipping, with their, you know, with their golf swings. And even we played together. And, uh, oh yeah, I mean, this doesn't mean we weren't competitive. We wanted to beat each other, uh, anytime we were in contention. But, um, when the round was over, we would always go somewhere to celebrate 
And one thing I want to mention too, when, you know, I was very involved with the, with the now legends of the LPGA in the early stages in the formative years. And we had a rule. Whoever won the tournament had to buy every, everyone who stayed dinner. And so wow. you might win, you know, so someone, uh, you know, I remember Rosie Jones won a tournament in Hawaii and, uh, you know, she won 20,000. Well, it cost her a thousand to buy dinner for everybody who stayed. <laughs> Those those are the things that are really uh, that we have, you know, are so special, and that's something that was important to me to perpetuate. You mentioned a moment ago you had a little action sometimes. Talk about what was some of the action that was out there when you guys were playing. Oh yeah, I mean, it's like to play a practice round was so boring. So you had to the way to really prepare for a tournament was to make sure a shot counted. Um, so you're not just aiming for something and trying and hitting it again. So, you know, we'd have a, you know, little for birdies and, you know, NASA and team events and, uh, Cindy Rarick and Jen Stevenson were two of my favorites to, uh, you know, to play with. Cindy was very good. She was very difficult to beat when it came down to any money on the line. Now, she didn't win a lot of tournaments, but she would win the practice rounds. <laughs> and Jane, one of the things that I think is so great about the Legends Tour is the access to the players. If you want to get near a great player, one of the greatest players of all time, the place to do that is with the Legends of the LPGA. Talk about the unprecedented level of access people can get when they attend one of the tournaments. Oh, thank you. That was so important to us in the beginning. Um, so we don't gallery ropes. I mean, there are a few areas roped off that are sensitive to the course or where you want to, you know, the first tee may be 18 green. But we want people to get up close and personal. Um, I mentioned we had our BJ's team event. Annika played in that last year. And so we can imagine we had huge crowds, but they're just surrounding her. And uh, it was like the old days. And it just um, it, it just makes it more fun because we're not just selling skill. We're selling it's entertainment, you know, it's sports and entertainment. And these the the women on Legends Tour, um, they're not going to hit the ball as far as Nellie Corda, um, but they're going to make they're going to really they're going to teach you a lot. You got to watch them. You're going to enjoy them. They're going to uh, have engaging conversation with you. Um, they're demonstrative, and the team event is fun because that's what people do. Normal people do on a weekend. You know, you have. You know, the foursome and two against two. And so everyone can relate to that. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a very important component of what we do. And Jane, you mentioned Annika and she came out of retirement last year and won the U.S. senior women's open. She's set to play again this week in the U.S. women's open. Talk about the impact of having her back out there and playing last year with the legends and now again on the LPGA tour. Oh, it was huge. You know, the fact that, um, and, and she didn't, just didn't play in a Legends event. She said, what can I do to help? I mean, she definitely, she wants to, her, her kids are a little bit older now. And so she has, um, she certainly has done very well with her brand and her businesses and her foundation, et cetera. But, um, nothing can ever take the place of competing because that's what made her. And so you can be successful in every other arena. But it's the core. What's imp- what's in your heart? What's important to you? 
So I think it's great that she realized that and she com- she came back out and boy, she knows that when the senior opened last year, she took it by storm and she's played in a couple of those celebrity events and done very well. So she's staying very competitive. So it will be a uh, um, great ball striker savvy. Um, so I wouldn't count her out. I'm not going to say I think she's going to be a, a contender, as <laughs> they say, <laughs> from Marlon Brando. But um, I, I think she's definitely will hold her own, and uh, we just hope she'll play in a lot of our um, a lot of our LPGA Legends events. And then Kari Webb's up next, so uh, you know I think Kari will be joining us in a few events next year. Jane, before I let you go, and we've talked about the Senior LPGA Championship, you talked about the Land of Lakes Legends Classic and the BGA's charity event. Talk about what you've got coming up later on this summer that we haven't spoken about already. Uh, gosh, I mean, I think as far as legends are concerned, we got a few irons in the fire. Uh, we're talking to some folks down at Port St. Lucie, Florida, uh, next year, which is the home where Mickey Wright resided. Um, you know, the golf course where she lived on the golf course. We hope we get something going there. But I said most of my time now outside of uh, playing in two of the events, I'm not playing in the senior LCG. I'm not quite ready. Um, but I'll be ready for August in Minneapolis, the Land of Lakes and the BJs. And, uh, it's really focusing on our women's PGA golf clinics. Um, that's my, you know, kind of creation. And, uh, it's, you know, it's positively impact so many lives of women, particularly, uh, women in business. Jane, let our listeners know as well. How can we stay up to date with all the great things you're doing in the Legends Tour is up to? How can we follow it online and on social media? Well, legendsofthelpga.com. All the information and the womenspgaclinics.com. Jane, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come back and be a part of the show. Like I said in your intro, you've become one of my very favorites. You're so much fun to have as part of the show. I thank you for being here, and I'm already looking forward to the next time I get to talk to you. Oh, me too. It's always a pleasure. You do your homework. <laughs> I appreciate you. Jane, take care. All the best, my friend. We'll catch up again soon. Okay. Thanks so much, Chris. Thank you, Jane. Thank you. That's the great Jane Blaylock. Again, the PGA Women's Clinics, and you can find it online at P- womenspgaclinics.com. Uh, she's just a wonderful lady, and there's just no two ways about it, and one of the greats all time of the game. And that's one of the things that I'm glad we got to talk about is if you want to get up close and personal, if you will, with a legend of the game, when you go to one of the LPGA Legends events, there's no ropes. You walk right down the fairway, old lady. So you get unprecedented you know, levels of access with them. You can ask them questions. You can watch how they prepare. You can talk, you know, listen in as they have the conversations with their caddies, talk strategy, clubs, all that stuff that we would never get, whether it's on a Champions Tour or a PGA Tour or the LPGA Tour. You can hear all of those things from these great players. So I highly encourage you, make sure you check out their website and then give them a follow online and on 